0: Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as What, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the old tutoring center suite on the third floor of the university center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for our non-traditional campus. My name is Grace, and my pronouns are she, her.
1: My name is Quinn, and my pronouns are he, him.
2: And my name is Julie and my pronouns are she her. We're all members of the wellness and health action team and we'll be the hosts for this podcast. So let's get into it. All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This is one of your hosts, Julie, and we got Grace. How are you today, Grace?
0: Hi, I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm really excited to have Quinn on the podcast today. Mm. Yes, everybody clap for Quinn. Let's- clap for <laughs>
2: Quinn. We have Quinn, another whatsers Um Quinn, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, totally. Um so hello all. Um good to be back and chatting with folks. Um you might remember me from last year and occasionally I'll pop in and do stuff, but I'm really um, honored and excited to be able to dialogue with my Two faves about some really good um uh topics that are like near and dear to my heart. I think for this episode, we'll kind of just keep it a little bit more um informal and a little bit more dialog Um, from the title of the episode, um, you know, we'll be talking about like the interdisciplinary nature of like science and like the collaboration um that you know is required through that and like the benefits um, for the work that we do but also for the people that we serve through that work that come through you know taking that interdisciplinary collaborative lens um, and then also i really want to talk about like positionality and like that idea of um you know what that is and like owning our perspectives and lenses um, and understanding how that can be incorporated into the work and how that does show up in our work um, it's kind of like the broad system way of the land um, but I guess if we're jumping into that and like introducing ourselves, um, when all with, again, just kind of setting the intentions around, um, that, uh, our bias is probably to jump in and throw out a lot in science, in public health, in psychology. Um, cause that's like, you know, the realms that we walk in, um, and, like where our passions, um, are, um, but just know like listeners for anybody that listening, like the hearts, Um, of these ideas and concepts of like interdisciplinary like work collaborative work um, like understanding ourselves um, that can be like utilized and applied to any collaborative field so if you are in business if you are just in like advocacy and community work like anytime that there's a group of people and we're like trying to problem solve or like create something together like that's when we can really lean into this kind of stuff so um, with that intention set um, I For folks that aren't familiar with the concept of positionality or understanding um, what that is, um, basically the idea of it is just um, understanding how our identities um, and like the like the social um, the social position uh, like of that and like the power um, and oppression that comes within those like identities um, kind of like all intersect together um, and weave this like really complex um, beautiful depiction of like a full you know person. Um, We're not just like one identity or like you know, like we're, we're complex and messy and like it, it all like leads together. Um, so positionality is just kind of like, this is what, like, uh, our best understanding of that overview in the moment. Um, I think like noting, right, that our concepts and understanding of our positionality can change over time yeah. um, and evolve and get more complex. Um, so, Note to folks, if you don't have everything figured out all the time or you're not comfortable sharing everything about yourself in a space, that's totally okay. Um, but um with that kind of like ramble, um I am this is it like an example of like my name is Queen Westland. I use he him, his pronouns. Um, I identify as a like mixed race individual um of Euro Indigenous descent. Um, I am a gay trans man. Um, and I like, I don't know, I super passionate about academia and psychology and that's my like heart and soul <laughs> is um listening to like like narratives and honoring um like narratives of people um so I don't know that's kind of a teaser example mm-hmm. of that. I
2: mean speaking of uh, positionality how do you feel like that has influenced your work because You've done research, right, Quinn, throughout your undergrad years. So how do you feel like that has influenced your work?
1: Yeah, I think um, understanding our, right, because I, a lot of times in science or in the work we do, we try and um, push ourselves towards this concept of the word objectivity, where we're like removed from something. Um, And like, that's, that's, you know, an interesting, like, thought it would be cool to be like, oh, yeah, this is the the essence of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not how the world works. That's not how things are. Like everything we do, we bring our lenses and our experiences with us into that world. that shapes how we write, like the language we use, like, you know, um, that, that, that you can't be objective, like in that, um, it's not like, it's not possible. And I, I would argue that it's incredibly unhealthy, um, to think that we can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know in like research and stuff we have to like talk about um any like financial um if, if there might be like um co- like conflicts of like financial interests within research i feel like why don't we talk about like our conflicts in like perspective or like we're coming from like into like this community or like this research topic with with this background why like who you know like sharing like who you are and why you're talking about something I feel like is incredibly important to understand like the perspective of like where you're coming from how that might mm-hmm. shape yeah um, the dialogue conversation like that kind of stuff if, if that makes sense
2: no that makes a lot of sense and personally I think that's kind of the driving force right when we are participating or initiating some kind of research project it has to stem from our personal experience that's how I feel like because For me, I'm currently doing research on how gentrification affects community of uh, color, oppressive communities. Um, And I mean, I've came from a community where it was very diverse and not everyone was really like privileged and educated and all of that. And so being able to see how gentrification has affected or influenced those communities I can really relate it back to see how what if gentrification affects my community, affect the people I know and the people I grew up with. Um, and so I feel like, like you said, it's personally fine. You know, and it in fact brings in a different lens um, when it comes to research, and it kind of like, not necessarily like evoke, I guess, um, different curiosities and help people explore other, I guess, determinants in those research. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think I, something that brought up for me, like, um, within psychology, we have, like, a phrase of, like, the sophomore effect, um, Mm -hmm. of, like, a lot of, like, psychology research, um, historically has been done on white, affluent, cisgender, heterosexual, um, like, like, men, um, who are sophomores, um, in, like, the college, um, like, academia world, right, and so a lot of the, like, research and things that we are, like, oh, objectively, like, this is the truth, you know, or, like, this Mm -hmm. is, like, these concepts are, like, really biased through that lens, um, and not everyone would know, I I would say, like, I, you know, didn't even, like, really know that until I started getting, like, really deep, um, into the psychology world, and, like, you know, learned how to look critically at research, um, things, and kind of, like, learned about that, and people, like, told me about that kind of stuff, um, and, you know, I wonder how much that would, would change things, um, you know, if, if, if we owned those lenses and like how that shapes our, you know, our, our research, um, cause it, it really is right. If, if we don't talk about that kind of things, we really keep perpetuating like a one story perspective that like sophomore perspective, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. um, into things.
0: I really like how you say, um, like we, if we don't kind of talk about our position in our research is just going to continue perpetuating the same story because um, I feel like if you were to lay out where your biases lie in a research project or when you are doing research, it's going to maybe be uncomfortable at first because not like researchers aren't like, okay, this is where I'm coming from. And this is what's influencing my work. Like it would be a really hard shift, but I think it would also be Really beneficial because then you can kind of see where people are coming from and also like what we were talking about earlier there's no no such thing as objectivity because like everyone sees things through a different lens no matter it's not I don't know it's like the sort of thing where you you can't say that oh that's just an objective like fact like those kind of I feel like um not the word conundrum I'm trying to think like p- uh juxtaposition, almost in a way, like saying an objective fact is like kind of I don't know. It's like blending two words together that don't necessarily match up, but a lot of people think that they do. So, yeah, I just thought that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I I, I really appreciate too, like Grace, what you pointed out there, like right, like I guess um, in the realms of the world of where you're researching, right, I, like qualitative versus quantitative, like research um, might be easier to do in one versus the other. Um, a social science folks have a little bit more leeway than would you say, like a, like medical um kind of perspective to like talk about these things um because it's more um the cultural norm within those entities. It's a little bit more um the understanding of how that comes into play um is is more so there. I, yeah, so anyways, I love,
2: love
1: <laughs> yeah. <to say> there. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I think that's a good but I am familiar with this concept I didn't know it was called the sophomore effect is it like the term for it specifically or it depends on which what field you're in or is it like
1: that's a great question I I know the sophomore effect we refer to it in psychology um Uh I yeah I don't want to make any blatant statements um, (laughs) because I don't because I don't I don't know um (laughs) You might be able to find it like within like medicine or other like um, academic like research fields, but right like historically, if we think about like who's had access to higher education, which means who's had access to being able to participate in studies and to be able to publish studies, it's kind of all like white affluence. Yeah, (laughs) no, no, for sure. (laughs) So we might be able to like assume, but I don't, I I don't know. I know within psychology that's kind of what we refer to it as, but. Mm. Um, I'd be be interesting to know if if any of y'all listeners know or (laughs) find out, like, let me know. It'd be cool.
2: No, that would be very interesting to know. Um, And I guess that's the point of us learning about it and kind of implementing these research nowadays, right, is for us to reframe that and kind of drive away from the quote unquote sophomore effect. Um, And so it's really important to be aware of that concept.
1: Yeah. I I think too, like um, something to like throw out there is just like, you know, while we're talking about this um, and like you were like, oh, we should think about this more do this more um, in our work. It's um, right, uh, like I think we've all kind of pointed out at this point, it's not super, it's not the norm yet. Um, It's not something that a lot of people like like, think about because it's not like reinforced within our um, institutions Um, and the systems we have in place, Um, so I just, I don't know, would love to offer a little bit of tools of, like, how to, like, maybe questions to ask yourself to start thinking about how you might be able to start, like, understanding your own, um, you know, like, positionality, but also just, like, right, the lenses that you bring into the work that you do, Um, and I've had, you know, I've been honored with um, some really great mentors um, who give me some kind of questions, and a kind of have um reworked them in a way that i feel like is a um uh useful and like understandable um and like salient for a lot of folks um but like the three like main questions i think um is just like like who are you like when you when you think about like what makes you you what are those like major things that come up like what are those big identities that really like shape um who you are how you know how you've lived your life um what has made you the person that is you know sitting here with the ability to to do this collaboration or to do this research um like really just like dig down and like think like who are you Mm um the other thing too i think is like where is your like sense of place like where both like um like where where do you come from? Where do the people that have shaped you come from? Who, where do you, like your ancestors have come from? Like whether that's like biological ancestors, whether that's like chosen family, whether that's like, you know, mentors, like what is your sense of like place? Where is your community? Like what, um, you know, where, where in the world has helped build that, who are you? Um, and then the last question that like I, you know, try to ask them, I think it's also asked in that question too, is just like, who are the people who have shaped you? So, right, like, again, like, who are those mentors? Who are those, like, ancestors? Who are the the people that have, like, given you um, knowledge and information, whether that's, like, you know, research articles that have influenced you or, um, like, direct mentors. like, right? Understanding you, the places you come from and the people around you um, is really the key of, like, um, becoming aware of those lenses that we, we bring, um, into things, um, and then, right, and just acknowledging that it evolves over time and that's okay. And like, you're going to need to continuously, continuously practice reflecting on this, um, and growing with it. And then also, um, right, like it's not always, um, it might not always feel safe to be able to share all of you, um, or acknowledge, um, to others, like certain lenses we carry, um, in like if it's like in a oppressive situations, um, and just I don't know, doing the best we can and taking care of ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm. And do you have any? I know these are some good questions, but do you have any advices on how folks can initiate these questions? Like, should it be like a discussion with an advisor or friend? People who have similar interests as you or how should folks go about
1: this i think um and right this is going to vary situation like situation um if you're in and i'm assuming listeners that are like here interested in this um are either in like advocacy spaces um where you're like you know, collaborating with a lot of people and like trying to like like push for changes for something or you're a student and you're wanting to like do like research. And again, that's that collaboration, like element of like working with others. I think in those like meetings, um, in those spaces where we're like dreaming and thinking and planning, that's when these like conversations can like come up. Um, you know, um, I, I guess like the, the, the other questions you can like, um, you can like ask that can kind of start leading into that or like, why are we doing this work? Um, You know, why, why are we doing this research? Why are we doing this collaboration? How is this like research or collaboration going to help, you know, the communities that we serve or like, you know, those populations that we're wanting to like this population that we're asking questions about, you know? Um, And then also just like, you know, people can also like bring up are like, are we making sure we're like not speaking for like others um, in this, like are, you know, are we speaking with people um, and amplifying voices or, you know, or are we are we saying, are we saying things about people, you know? Um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think it's a really common thing in research and also, I mean, I'm not in the psychology field, but I feel like it's pretty similar to public health and the fact that like um, you have to be, like a a huge part of researching people is coming from like a cultural context and like not like coming in from an outside perspective because that doesn't work. Like that's public health 101 is like, if you're wanting to study a group of people or help a group of people, you're gonna have to understand where they're coming from because if you're just coming in with an outside perspective, it's not gonna be helpful to anyone. Um, So I think it's really easy for um public health researchers and like just researchers in general to come in with a sense of entitlement like that they're doing people a favor by doing research rather than like like it's like a personal it's like a way i feel like researchers to make themselves feel better almost like oh i did research on this group of people because i'm a public health researcher and i have the entitlement to do so Um, so taking a step back and like reassessing your position in your research is a really important factor when it comes to doing qualitative research um, in the public health field. And I'm assuming probably in psychology as well.
1: Yes. Yes. No, I love all of that. I would, I would say absolutely. Cause right. That's how we get crappy stuff in the DSM, like yeah. homosexuality, <laughs> and gender yeah. dysphoria, and like identities being like Great. Um, Any yes, it absolutely. I, I the longer I hang out with y'all, public health people, the more I'm, like <laughs> our fields are just they're just cousins, you know. We like <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Social science girlies got to rise up and support each other. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I really like what Grace brought up. Um, for me, it's like kind of the knowledge versus with experience, and I think the experience is way more important, and the quality of it is way more. I don't know higher quality when it comes to experiences, the knowledge, because anyone, right, can do research about something. They can look up something. They can look at numbers, analyze statistics. But what do you actually know about that group of people? Have you experienced what they have experienced? And do you know where the number comes from? So I think the experience means so much more in research than just like the knowledge, like what Grace was saying, the sense of entitlement and coming in and like, I've done research and I know what I'm talking about, but like, do you really know what you're talking about? Or is it just from books and numbers, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think too, that that really like plays into like that, um, another another cousin idea, right, Of um, of just like, Right, like, regardless if it's like collaboration or like research, um, in general, like the the strength in multiple lenses that we can pull into stuff that like interdisciplinary like notion, right? Um, mm-hmm. I like right from like our our work that we get to do together, um, in like a you know health promotion perspective. Uh, I I. I think that our team, I don't know, I don't think, I like absolutely know our team is like stronger um, and more helpful to the community we serve because there's so many of us from like, right, like our own like identities, but also just like, if we like boil it down to just our academic perspectives of like, right, like we've got, you know, so many folks doing so many cool things like the past, what's we've, you know, the pre-med, the, lots of you public health folks, <laughs> some of us like psychology people, like um, we've had, you know, uh, uh, gender, um, women, and sexuality studies—like, uh, just I don't know. It—it's really beautiful to see, like, the um, right those people who shape you, how that that can come up and like completely change the way that we would approach or some like uh, a situation or something we tried. Um, I don't know. I think there's like so much value in that, um, and that that idea of like. Um, that there's a lot of ways of knowing things. It's not all just uh, you know, the the way that we've um presented, oh if you don't have a like a research study on it, like we should have research studies that definitely helps with things. But you know what I mean? like like other there's other things that can be true at the same time. Um, totally.
0: yeah, I think what you said about how there's different ways, I have such a short term memory, bad short term memory. So I'm not I don't know how to like directly quote you. But what you were saying is like, there's different values that come from different perspectives, because everybody knows that if everyone was the same life would be boring type thing. But there is no one set way to do research and no one set way to like, um, I guess, interview people or like stuff like that. But so much of the research right now is dominated by like what you said, white, cis, hetero methods and um, not like giving space for other methods that could potentially be way more helpful or like culturally conscious or like beneficial. Um, so yeah, I think that's interesting to think about.
1: I, I think too, like the, the other perk of pulling a lot of perspectives into the work that we do um, is that we can make sure um, that we're translating the things that we do well, right? <clears throat> like, we all know all of our fields have very specific um, lingo that we like to throw around and use, at, right? Like, I, you walk the walker, like, with a lot of, you know, psychology people for a long time, you, like, start forgetting um, that some words aren't commonplace, or, like, some concepts aren't, like, commonly used, um, and you got to translate that, like, right, like, if you're talking with people and trying to give people, like, information and, like, resources, um, and ideas, um, you know, we need to, like, be able to make sure that it's an accessible, um, like, way, and I don't just mean, like, translate from, like, um, like, English to, like, Spanish or, like, Spanish to French or something, I mean, like, Breaking down those concepts to where it's a, it's approachable, um, and it, it's relevant and it means something to people. I, y'all probably know this. Like you could yell about vaccines. I was no,
2: nah, I literally was about to <laughs> say that. Like Grace and I have. So we've had so many conversations regarding the lingo and how it is different for every discipline, but not only discipline and not research, but we're just talking about people as a whole and how we have to make it in a way, start away from these conservative terms and just methods of delivering information, but making it more accessible and more for it to be easier to understand. That's what I'm trying to say, because it can be very complex. Like for us, we are geeks in our field. We understand what all of these terms mean, but do everyone else understand, especially if we're trying to collaborate with other fields and expand our research? Like you need to find that commonality between the fields and be able to deliver in a way where it's easy to understand in all aspects and perspectives when looking at it.
1: Yes, yes, because nothing happens in a vacuum. But right, exactly, (laughs) yeah. We we hyper focus on like the thing, like our like academic like um, like things. But right, there's so much in psychology that is in public health, and there's so many like public health interventions that are inside. Like it's it's all like connected. Like math happens in both of them. Like art Mm -hmm. is so incredibly important for both. You you know what I mean? Like nothing happens in a vacuum. Like you're so right. Like we have to like be able to talk. Um, you know, the, the beauty and, like, the hyper-specificness that we can have, like, with our specific, like, lingos, but we also, yeah, yes, 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 all of what you
2: said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, just really, um, you know, like, hitting home the, like, the, right, like, nothing we do, like, or, or study or look at is within a vacuum. Like, we're all part of, like, one massive ecosystem that inherently influences um, and, and shapes every, every everything uh-huh. um, so pulling pulling more perspectives like together um is is super vital to be able to like understand like the you know that big picture and be able to you know do justice to what we like talk about um and the and the work we do uh-huh. um I don't know also right like um lean on community, like collaborate with folks. I think that that's a given, like after mm-hmm. talking about the importance of nothing happens by itself, but but yeah, find those voices and perspectives out there um, and cherish them, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, I also have to say, I might be a little biased, but at Portland State, I think, is one of the greatest places, right, to find connections, be able to make that connection and find people who have similar interests as you and kind of collaborate on that. Like what Quinn was saying, that's kind of the starting point for you to be able to explore your positionality and your interests and what you want to look for in a research, just being able to communicate and kind of connect with those who are in your community, not only in your field, but kind of expand it out as well when you're looking to it um with other people who are in different fields that might have similar interests, um just different interpretation, but it's still good to get that other, I guess, perspective when you're looking for it.
1: Totally. I think too like right, like all, all of us are incredibly like like lucky and 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 you know like honored with this ability to have access to the the knowledge and the resources that we do. Um, and and there's there's a beauty in that and being able to like go out and like serve um you know <clears throat> community like well through that. Um so just just one like you know, it's a lot, it's a lot of pressure and responsibility, but like
2: mm-hmm.
1: like thank you all to who are like listening and doing this work because it's like super needed and and you know just Acknowledge that it's a slow process.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: W- would love to see some of this stuff change in my lifetime, but like the reality of it is it's going to take, you know, probably a couple generations before stuff like shifts. And, you know, I could be wrong. We could like throw everything to like.
2: We might be a fast movie generation, Quinn. <laughs> we might just expedite <laughs> the process.
1: And that would be so great, <laughs> but I think not, not putting that pressure, that expectation. Mm -hmm. Um, on ourselves um to like to to expedite this um yeah because good good work takes time yeah um and you know like yeah I I be proud of yourself for doing this work and for considering this and like starting the process of like journeying to like incorporate this um into your collaborations and into your research um and then you know have that um compassion for yourself you know that you're learning and growing, and that's okay. Um, yeah, but keep doing it.
2: <laughs> yes, thank you, Quinn. Yeah, we hope you got, or folks listening, we hope you got some stuff out of it. We hope this kind of inspires you to go out um, and explore what you're interested in, and hopefully, it will also inspire and influence the work that you do as well. Um, like Quinn said, go off, go out, do what you're interested, but also being able to be yourself and kind of. Um, Doing what you want to do, basically Yeah, so um I mean, is there anything else you want to add to Quinn?
1: Oh, no, I, I think um, kind of like wraps it up I I could ramble for hours, <laughs> and hours but we'll keep this episode um, short and sweet and hopefully like you know some concepts to like digest and chew over and we can circle back to them um, and expand on it um, and you can kind of do. Some more research on your own. I, I would encourage y'all, if you even have a passing interest, to please check um, the links in the description. I'll throw some um, some stuff that's inspired me um, over the years, um, like in there. Um, you know, you know, access it when the when the time is right for you. Um, but yeah, I thanks you too for uh, like being here and letting me ramble on and take you on this. Um, you know, weave these ideas <laughs> all together.
2: <laughs> no, um, we appreciate a lot, Quinn. Um, we wish we were able to have you on here more often because it's always a pleasure to have you on here and kind of allow us to pick your brains on this topic and talk about it.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Quinn. Um, I appreciate it. I think we had a good good conversation and then like Julie said it's nice to actually have you on the podcast because usually you're just the one editing so <laughs> actually kind of hang out for a bit and
2: we got the person from uh behind the scenes with us yeah. so yeah. With cool really to talk appreciate- to you in real time and not just <laughs> yeah.
1: like, Quinn edit this out and I'm like that's fine I'm like oh y'all think about me <laughs> <laughs> we always
2: think about you Quinn I hope you know that and we really appreciate you we appreciate your work and Thank you for giving us the amazing tips on this.
0: Yes, thank you.
2: Perfect. Well, all right. Well, I'll see y'all later. Thanks. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the What's Up podcast. We'll catch up with you next week. We at Shack are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing, or general appointments at 503-725-2800. Counseling services are still available via telehealth, and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number at 503-725-2800. If you are looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your pdx.edu email every Wednesday, or you can download the CampusWell app. Also, feel free to check out the Virtual Mind Spot experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including resources links in the episode description as well as a link to the episode transcript. If you have any questions about health, wellness, shack, or anything we discussed in this podcast, please fill out the Google form in the episode description. Thanks for listening and take care. We'll see you next week on What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor.